Welcome to Cycling New South Wales Heritage Commission's podcast, the history of our wonderful sport. This podcast is about a classic 1890s cyclist union trophy that's linked to a special time in Australian cycling when the newly established League of Wheelmen hosted some amazing cycling carnivals that would have a massive impact on Australian sport, drawing champion cyclists from around the world. However, this trophy is symbolic of the rival administrative body, the Cycling Union, sticking to their guns and their amateur principles, mostly handed on by the English Cyclist Union. The union would play second fiddle to the league back then, but the best part of a century later, the cyclist union would regain the control of the sport. This trophy itself is fairly typical of those presented at the time, with the story coming to life when Mr Tim Fletcher recently contacted the Cycling New South Wales Heritage Commission seeking information on the beautiful 1896 trophy that was won by his great-grandfather at the opening run of the 1896 road season. It's quite a special trophy because it's a symbol of the time, the penny farthing, also the clothing of the cycling of the time. So it's quite a a lesson in history in some ways. Yeah, well, it's got the the sort of standard cup and the the stem of it, it's fashioned into a uh, like the trunk of a tree. And uh, the bit that's holding the the cup at the top uh, sort of has leaves hanging down from it. And this is just so intricate and, and detailed. So yeah, that's the that's the main part of the cup, and then there's the penny farthing cyclist, which um, as a kid always held so much fascination. Um, seeing this on on our bookshelf, and then as you said, the the person riding the penny farthing, I can't really tell if it's supposed to be just a cyclist uh, claiming victory or some sort of god, but they've got like knee high stockings on and what looks. To me, like uh, ballet shoes, but uh, probably cycling shoes of the time. The um, like, if you took the penny farthing off, it looks like it could wheel itself. Like the wheels are um, would be able to move if they weren't attached to the uh, to the trophy itself. And then the base has a lot of uh, engravings of uh, flowers and uh, and things like that. So it's so detailed. It's quite heavy. I think, from what I can recall, Dad said it was uh, pewter. The winner of this trophy, J.A. Daly, was a good handicapped cyclist in the late 1890s, winning this particular trophy for finishing first off 80 yards in the main event at a carnival that took place at Botany after the competitors had ridden out from the Sydney Post Office at Martin Place. Although the trophy shows a penny-farthing bicycle, the race would have been on roadsters or safety bicycles. However, I expect there would have been a few high-wheelers on the ride out to Botany. The race for the trophy was quite a dramatic event with two falls in the windy conditions. The scratch marker Lewis fell heavily just after the start on the eastern side of the track, later in the press blaming the botany circuit. John Daly actually did very well to get round the second fall just after the halfway point when outmarker Sargent crashed and riders went everywhere. Babolinsky, riding off 110 yards, rode straight over the top of Sargent's bike, but amazingly regained control and kept going. One of Australia's greatest cycling pioneers, 
J.B. Holsworthy off 100 yards looked a big chance of winning in the final stages of the event. However, John Alexander Daly finished very strongly and claimed an impressive win and the beautiful trophy. After the drama of the fall, Jay Babalinski certainly entertaining the crowd by recovering to finish third in the mile handicap event, which was a very popular format in early racing in the colony. Riders of all levels got a fair chance of winning, even with a large variety of bicycles and the different work commitments of early Australians. Yeah, from what I know, uh, so this is my my dad's mother's father, J.A. Daly. Uh, he and his brother, they owned a tug fleet in Sydney Harbour, J&J Daly. They lived in, in Sydney, I think in the eastern suburbs or actually in the city. I don't know too much about the tug fleet itself, but uh, I can remember as a kid going into the Maritime Museum which is there at Darling Harbour, I think, and, and Dad was able to see some artefacts. Um, I never met him, and unfortunately, my dad died 10 years ago, so I don't uh, I don't have too much more information about him, although I'd, I'd like to find out. What I think it's interesting is that his wife, her name was uh, Marion Bay, B-E-G, and her father was, his name was Wazir Bay, W-A-Z-I-R, uh, and he was from Pune in India. He grew up Muslim and then he went he emigrated to Scotland and became a Presbyterian minister and then moved to Australia I think he first moved to Tasmania and then up to Sydney um, and he was a Presbyterian minister in Sydney and uh, had something to do with Sydney University School of Asian or Oriental Studies at, at the time um, I guess at the time um, you know it's sort of a mixed race um, marriage which you know around the early 1900s would not have been uh, a common thing so I think that's that's another interesting little anecdote about Jay Daly. Yeah, um, funnily, on the trophy, it says right under the New South Wales Cycling Union initials, it says opening run. So I'm assuming that means it was the first race of the season. Would that be right? A hundred percent. One of the things that's changed in sport is we don't have distinct seasons anymore. There was mm. back then, and back when I was racing, we had very distinct seasons. We changed from the track season to the road season, and lots of sports have got away from that now. Even though they seem to play even team sports and that all year round, and, and this for me was quite exciting looking at this trophy because you can see they celebrated the change of the seasons. So what happened at the the opening run was they all met at Martin Place and it was the start of the road season. They had both on that day. They had a road event and they had a, a one-mile handicap, which is a track event. And the big thing was about that road ride from Martin Place out to Botany, which apparently was a, a terrible day. It was so windy. And it it doesn't surprise me, looking at your great-grandfather, the way he rode, that he was at his best uh, when it was a bit tougher and had a road ride. You know, he's probably out in the tugs all all day or something <laughs> like that. And so having a road ride before this sprint event actually suited him very much. It does suggest these distinct seasons, which tended to be a bigger deal back in the day. big puzzle with this trophy is the date. Engraved boldly on this New South Wales Cyclist Union trophy is opening run March 11th 1896. 
I suspected this date was wrong as soon as I looked at the trophy, as the track season of the summer of 1895-96 is legendary. Arguably, this summer was the birth of big-time cycling in Australia, with record-breaking crowds at the League of Wormland Carnivals. Almost 60,000 at the December League Carnivals. A record for the SCG, while the New South Wales Cyclist Union joined the Amateur Athletics to host a Grand National Amateur Carnival at the Sydney Cricket Ground at the start of summer in October 1895, with 15 championships contested. By March 1896, the hype around cycling in Sydney and Australia was fever-pitched. The League of Wheelmen had what they referred to as the first scientific track in New South Wales at the Royal Agricultural Ground at Moore Park. In modern terms, it was the first Ashfield-banked velodrome. Clearly, the cycling union as an administrative body was under the pump, with the New South Wales League of Wheelmen creating a huge cycling boom. This trophy provides an insight into the stress that the amateur union were under, as the date on the trophy, the 11th of March, wasn't the start of the 1896 road season, for at that time in Sydney it was a buzz with track cycling, with riders from America, England, Italy, New Zealand, as well as Australia's best, all in town for the league's big showground track carnivals. In an earlier podcast, we talked of the connection of the Clarence Street Cup with the Sydney Thousand Carnival of the early 1900s. In part B of this podcast, we'll discuss the connection of our Sydney Cup with the amazing track racing of the summer of 1895-96. But for now, we should just think about the incredible stories this amazing trophy portrays, as at this time, cycling in Australia become a business, with international stars like Zimmerman, Martin, Harris, Pitha, Boyd, Porter, all sailing to Australia to be involved in the rich Aussie track carnivals. This trophy shows the rivalry between the league and the union as they fought to establish their principles on cycling in early Australia. It can also show the differences between the two administrative bodies, with the big cash prizes, promotional deals and appearance money in the league to the trophies of the union. However, this trophy shows the complexity of the sport, where thousands flock to see the best in the world, but in a handicap format where riders of all levels got the opportunity to win the big major prizes. This trophy was awarded at the opening run of the 1896 road season, where the major aim was the social side of cycling. So the irony is, while the summer of 1895-96 is famous for Australia establishing an elite world-class cycling program with international riders winning a fortune in prize money and appearance fees, the actual physical thing we have from that era which we are talking about today in this podcast, is a trophy. In fact, a trophy that was awarded in an event where the major focus was social cycling and participation. It's a strange twist which shows the versatility of cycling. Sure, the summer of 1895-96 is famous for world-class performances and big business, but this trophy shows that cycling is also about relaxation, recreation and participation, both male and female. On one hand, you had Zimmerman, not only riding for big cash and appearance money, but also looking to establish a worldwide bicycle manufacturing industry based on the success of his brand new Nimrod Zimmy bicycle. Then on the other hand, you had John Daly, a tugboat driver, winning this beautiful trophy at an event which started with a bunch ride from the Sydney Post Office out to Botany, where men and women rode at a speed set by the slowest rider. Sure, Zimmerman and the elite performers in the huge carnivals inspired cyclists of all levels, 
But obviously the massive demand for the latest bicycles in Australia was driven by events such as J.A. Daly's trophy race with its participation focus and social evenings at the Joseph Banks Hotel at Botany. This 1896 trophy allows us to recall many things including the birth of big time cycling in Australia with the building of Sydney's first banked scientific velodrome at Moore Park and the unprecedented demand for new bicycles which resulted in massive production increases in Zimmerman's own American factory and even the development of S.H. Justin's new factory in Bristol, England. And of course there was Australia's own bicycle manufacturing industry taking off with Bennett and Wood. This trophy though is about the versatility of the sport of cycling, which maybe is more of a lifestyle. It's about pros and amateurs. It's about winning and it's also about participation. It's about celebrating the change of seasons, where a rider could rejoice at moving from one cycling discipline to another. This trophy is special. As a kid, like it, it was always on a mantelpiece somewhere, um, and moving around, you know, you'd see it, and you know, obviously told to be very careful with it. You know, it was always there, so you you always knew that it was special in one way or another. Um, when Dad died, um, my sister and I, you know, inherited his estate, and uh, I have um, a career in sports and physical education, so it has a close connection to to my life, I guess, in one way or another. Bring it back and um, and put it on my mantelpiece, and uh, been able to talk to my kids about it and what it meant. And f- the information that you've been able to provide has just added to the stories. Uh, like I certainly didn't have too much knowledge about what it meant or what the race represented or things like that as I grew up. You've been listening to Cycling New South Wales Heritage Commission's podcast. Thanks to Dried Arrangement for the music in this story. This is Heritage Commission Chairman Mark Windsor saying thanks for listening. Hours been